is the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I I they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. And he's doing a great job. Okay. I need you to man up and say what you really want to say. Simon, you're doing a great job. They're Steiny and Guru. Yeah. On 95.7 The Game. All right. I'm back in the seat. Matt Steinmetz. Evan Giddings. This is producer Evan Giddings joining us today. Guru has the week off. And, you know, I always like to work this week. Well, I, I don't like to work any week. But <laughs> I, like, I, uh, I like to work this week uh, more than some other weeks. Because nobody's really here. So we can just... Uh, we can just uh, have some fun. E, what's up, man? Well, technically, you're working overtime, Stani. It's a holiday today, so everyone's enjoying the aftermath of the Christmas festivities pouring over here to a Monday. See, I didn't realize today was the official holiday. and By process of elimination. You know what, though? Now I remember the boss saying to me, Hey, uh, what about that Monday after Christmas? He said, That's the official holiday. You want that off. And you know what I said, Evan? Eh. I said, You know what? I said, we have the Niners playing that Saturday. We have the Warriors playing Sunday. I'll work that Monday. There'll be a lot of stuff going on. I'm, I'll work that Monday, so I'm happy to be here. Well, that's Absolutely. the good part about this week is we actually do have stuff to talk about. Oh, I mean, no, usually it no is, doubt. You know, like, like you were talking about, kind of a dead week. But, I mean, everything that happened last week, Warriors, Correa, now that kind of feeds into this week with the 49ers. Obviously, the Warriors, a big win on Christmas. So we got stuff to break it down. You know what is? There is something unsettling, though, today that make, is making things different. Pro- probably part of it is uh, you're across from me instead of Guru, but it does seem ridiculously quiet in here. Is there anything we can do about that? Well, can we, got, we, we got the door open so you can hear the silence. Yeah, maybe white noise pumped in the background or something like that. Well, Whitey Gleason just left. That is true. <laughs> That's a three. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, Niners beat the Commanders, 11-4 and four now. Brock Purdy solid again. We got the Warriors. I haven't been in for a while. I think I, I was in. Last time I was in, Curry had just gotten hurt. Looks like he's going to miss the whole homestand. So yeah. they got seven more home games in a row, the Warriors. And it looks like Curry is, it looks like you take that right now. If I said he'll miss the rest of the homestand, but he'll be back for the road trip after that. I think you got to take that if you're a Warrior fan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only thing stopping this season from completely going off the cliffs is the fact that you got the end of the tunnel, the light, which is Stephen Curry hopefully coming back. So whatever it takes to have him return at 100%, that's what the Warriors need. And in the meantime, I mean, look, coming off a horrific loss to Brooklyn and New York, the New York trip was not nice to the Warriors. And then they, they always seem, right when they're kind of teetering on the edge of, like, I don't know if this team can really summon all of that championship pedigree that they have. They seem to remind us that at some points they can when they want to, which is what last night was at Chase Center. And against a team like Memphis, who you know was doing all the talking, the Warriors certainly did their own talking, but to do it against that team, like that's in a lot of ways what I feel like the fans were hoping for. Right. And the, what the Warriors honestly needed, even missing Curry and Wiggins. Yeah. Matt Steinmetz and Evan Giddings with you on a Monday after Christmas. Uh, I'll throw it out. I'll throw it out. 
957-9570. Let me do that one more time. Did you get that email? Which one? 888-957-957-9570. Now, he can send you that email? Oh, yeah, actually, I did get that one. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seventy. So, uh, what the heck, it's a, it's a holiday week. But let me throw out some warrior topics. Maybe we get some calls, and then I'll tell you the stories. Yeah, this, I haven't looked at my e- emails at all today. This email that the boss sent uh, last week. By the way, am I the only one that cares that Bob Myers isn't under contract for next year? Like, why is that not a big deal? You it should be. be kidding me. So, before the season starts, everybody's getting sensitive that uh, is hearing the talk of the last dance, and this may be it. Maybe Draymond will do it out or exercises out. Two timelines. The whole theme before the season, Evan, to me was, you know, can is this it? Is this it for the Warriors? And at that point, Myers didn't have a contract for next year. And we didn't even throw that into the conversation about, well, maybe, well that makes it look like he could. Bob Myers has won four titles, and he does not have a contract for next year. That is very strange. And the reality of the situation is there's no other way to take it, Evan, except, hey, is Bob Myers going to be the GM next year of the Golden State Warriors? Nobody knows. It's unknown. That's what seems so weird. It's unknown. Like, Bob Myers is one of, if not the, top executives in the NBA, and he is right now working for his job just like anyone else in a contract year. That is that is strange to think about. Well, and here's the other thing. Let's let's throw all of it into a big stew and not not try to make a connection, but just see if we can make something add up. We've got this two timeline thing, all right? And we've got we've, whether you like it or not, we've got a, we've got the best player on the team, and by far one of the greatest players of all time. But nobody in that building is responsible for Steph Curry. Steph Curry was here before any of them. That includes Lakeham. So none of the nobody in the organization, or everybody in the organization, can claim Curry. But the bottom line is, we are now at the point where the organization clearly has to think about life after Curry. And that doesn't mean it's hap- going to happen right now or w- next year. But you know what? we got to start thinking about it two or three years down the line. If for no other reason, it's because he's getting older and he's going to get banged up a little bit more. Well, can't you see how there'd be about 8,000 different ways to approach the approach after Steph Curry starts le- starts. Uh, you know, either noticeably declining or, they, no, let's just call it the post-Curry era. Well, and if you look at the Warriors' culture, obviously everything starts with Steph. Like you mentioned, he was here before any of these other pieces joined. But if you're building a pyramid, a culture pyramid, Curry's your foundation, and the two pieces at the top that create the apex would be, in my opinion, Bob Myers and Joe Lake, ownership in the All front right. office. So you have your marquee player at the bottom, that makes everything go on the court. You have your front office on that top right side, which is responsible for creating the roster, and then the ownership, which of course steers the ship. You're telling me right now that one piece of that pyramid 
could potentially be gone next year. Like, that is a big deal. And whether the Warriors win it or they don't, right now, I think the organization is trying to figure out, is that a void that we can fill, or is that one that is irreplaceable? And that's the question that I think that this season ultimately is going to decide. 888-957-9570. I don't know about Warrior fans, you know, how they feel about this one, but I, I do feel like this is the year and then there's going to be the off season and there's going to be a pivot they're they're almost it almost feels inevitable a crossroads exactly because here's the other thing steve kerr's contracts up after next year so how often have we heard well bob and bob and uh, bob and steve are kind of a pat bob and steve okay yes and no but here's the other thing if you're going to move on as an organization what's going to happen this year I don't think the Warriors are going to win it, all right? But let's say they do. In other words, forget about the outcome this year. They win it, they don't win it. It's actually going to be a a perfect time to pivot regardless of what happens. Now, if they win it all again and do it in similar style to last year, okay, well, then what do you do? You hope Draymond opts in, I guess, right? Yeah. And And you... You're once again left to do nothing but run it back. But that's where I am a little bit different than I think most fans because I'm not convinced Joe Lacob would just run it back at that point. I think I think Joe Lacob wanted to kind of move move on last offseason, but they won it. And so then it became obvious what he had to do. Yeah, look, right now the payroll is, if everyone returns, looking at... million, $500 million, including the tax. Like, that's a figure that Joe Lacob has said he would not reach. Right. So the question is, well, can you really control that? Because you gave Wiggins a contract extension. You gave Poole a contract extension. You're obviously on the books for Curry. You're on the books for Clay. And Draymond, I would assume, is going to opt in because I can't imagine at this point the Warriors, even after a statement win last night, are still two games below five hundred. You can't reason with giving him whatever money he feels like he deserves at this point. So he's going to opt in next year. That means you're going to have to find a way to shed salary, and you can't do it at the top. So if you're the Warriors right now looking at next season, the year after, yes, I do think last year was probably supposed to be that pivot point, but then you can't justify moving off of any of the big boys after winning a championship because you do owe them the right to defend their crown. And this is the year where if they don't win it, then the question becomes, well, do they have the right to defend a Western Conference Finals appearance or maybe even an NBA Finals appearance? Anything less than that, to me, is an automatic, we got to pull the plug. But if they make it there, then that rewrites the entire equation. Well, exactly. And here's what I think. and I don't think when you say... You know, okay, now you owe it to him to try to defend or try to you know back it up. That doesn't necessarily mean you have the whole season to do it. That's where I I completely differ because I, I I think I think at some point somebody in that front office if if things continue to go this oh sixteen and eighteen and now they finish the road trip and they're you know 19 and 21 and now they're 25 and 29 or 28 
maybe even 500. That's that's not championship. And I don't know that you just say, here's our strategy for the rest of this year. We're going to cross our fingers that everything clicks in March and April again. Like, that's not a strategy. That's just kind of the way it worked last year, and it worked out well. Worked out terrific with how everything came together at the right time, injury-wise. You couldn't have planned for that. So your strategy can't be, well, see if it can happen again. But isn't that... But but that's kind of what they're holding on to at this point, because if it wasn't supposed to happen last year, but it did, this year it may not... Right now, it's looking like it's not supposed to happen, but it could. And that's why I think a game like last night on Christmas against the Grizzlies at home is significant, not necessarily in the overall scheme. Yeah, it's their 16th win of the year. They're still two games below five hundred, But it gives us an, an insight into the question, can they flip the switch when they need to? Now, it's a regular season game. Memphis is you know, on the tail end of a long road trip. The Warriors are coming home after a sluggish road trip. It, it aligns well for them to be at their best, even though they're missing probably their two best players in Curry and Wiggins. But that's a team that has legitimate belief that they can beat you. They did all the talking in the offseason leading up to the game. That's clearly an important game for Memphis, but a more important game for Golden State, in my opinion, because they need some sort of evidence that they can courage up this this championship level of play like they did before the road trip against Boston, and they're feeling real high and mighty, and then, of course, they come cratering down to earth. So the question is, which team is this? Are they the team on Christmas Day that can shorthandedly defeat soundly a Memphis Grizzlies club that's up and coming, or are they the team that gave up 40 points in the first quarter of the Brooklyn Nets and got absolutely waxed? and gave up 90 points in the first half. Which team is this Warriors group? And that's, well, and that's why I'm hearing Steve Kerr say your record is, you know, you are what your record says you are, and, and those kind of things. You know, I, th- I think this is interesting because the Warriors got off to a 3-7 and seven start, and there were, there were a lot of questions, mostly about Clay and Poole, but obviously what happened after the punch. And I remember saying at three and seven or three and eight, or two, four and whatever. Uh, look, you can't even you can't make a move now because you can't even assess this team now. You have to wait until it starts playing a little bit better. What happens? So they get back to about five hundred. I think they I don't know what their best stretch was, Evan eight and three, eight and four maybe. But then they, they you know they get back they get back and they now okay. All right, now they look like a team. But they've got some issues on the back end of the roster with young guys, but they're okay. Well, now it's almost the new year, which is what even you know conservative people were like, let's wait till we get to the new year. Yeah, season starts at Christmas. Exactly. Okay, so well, you know now on January 10th, approximately, you're going to be about 500. You know, barring a, barring a two and... Five next five next seven games. Let's say they go four and three. Let's just get them close to five hundred. All right, that's what you are. You're a five hundred team, and now Steph Curry's coming back. You have about a month and a half, a uh, month, or, yeah, a month or so beyond f- for the trade deadline. Okay, so you know where you are now. How much do the next seven games matter? Because to me, the record, the record is. 
Like, what if they don't win more than two games on this road trip or a homestand? Now that feels preposterous now, but go ahead. What what if they what if Curry comes back and they're five games under? Then you're looking at a scenario where and, and this is why I, I thought last year like Everything after the All-Star break, Kerr has always said, is about gearing yourself up for the playoffs, getting yourself ready for the postseason. Well, they have never really been in this situation where they've had to chase wins this late in the year or right. after the All-Star break. So if they do you know, only go 2-5 and five or 3-4 and four over the next seven in the home state, I don't think that's going to happen because their schedule gets pretty soft. But if that does happen, you're looking at five games below 500 when Curry comes back, then you're going to have to chase wins. And that may not hurt you in the immediate. You know, who knows? You could go on a 8-2 and two run in the next 10, get yourself back into the postseason right. picture. But where it could hurt is having to play Clay Thompson 40 minutes like he did last night. Or playing Steph Curry 35 minutes game after game after game and hoping that he doesn't re-aggravate that shoulder because at that point, you cannot risk anything happening to Steph. Like That's the season, in my opinion. So you might be in a situation where down the stretch of the season you're tr- like you're trying to battle to get out of the play-in as opposed to well, getting yourself ready for the actual playoffs, which is what they could do last year. Well, the other thing um, is Draymond, all, kind of similar to what he did last year, addressed that. Like he almost said, you know, yeah, if we're in the play-in, then I would hate to be a one or two seed. Like, yeah, well, even if we're in the play-in, we'll just win our play-in games then run the table. And I just think that's I think that's unrealistic. Well, you also don't, you don't want it to come down to a, a, a winner-take-all elimination game, because well, you never know what could happen. Let me ask uh, Warrior Fans this at 888-957-9570. Is there, a, is, there a, is there a spot or a seed that the Warriors basically have to get to? Otherwise, they can't do it. And I kind of think there is. I mean, I do not think they can be a play-in team and run the table. I, I First of all, they'd be the first and only team to ever do it. But, and I know, it just started. But I, I just... No, I'm, I'm with do you. you really Top think, six. Do you really think they can win four straight road series? I mean, they have. I know they've won a road game every single series in the Kerr era. So, of course, they can. But just because you can do, do something doesn't mean you're going to do something. Well, they also haven't been... A two-win road team. That's true. In any of these previous exactly. iterations, like so, if you are going on the road, and this is sure, you, if you're playing a seven-game series, you get three at home. Let's say you win all three, you lose all three. The issue to me becomes in one of those hypothetical four series that you'd have to go through on the road to win it all. You might face a game seven situation in which is not on your home court, and that's something they have never had to do. They've never played. A home seven, a game seven on the road since 2014 when they lost to the Los Angeles Clippers. So, if it like to me, and, and that's maybe in 2016, why having game seven at home against OKC was so important because you get the home court. Now, they've lost a game seven at home, but if you're telling me you got to go through the, the gauntlet without home court advantage for a team that hasn't shown itself to play very well on the road at all, right? That's a big deal, right? In other words, if the Warriors are the seventh seed or something like that, chances are they went. One of the reasons they're that low is because they were ten and thirty-one on the road. Yeah. So yeah, you can say they're a championship team pedigree. Okay, 
Yeah, they are. But they were still ten thirty one on the on the road at home this year or on the road this year. So let's go to Doug. Doug's in Berkeley. Uh, wants to talk about Warrior expectations. What's up, Doug? How you doing, man? Hey guys, doing well. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Day. You know. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to play a little devil's advocate a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So we finished last season. Great win. Uh, we could have. You know, played it back, kept GP2, kept Bielitsa, kept Porter, kept Damian Lee. We didn't. Now, I know it wasn't totally just we didn't. There's their salary cap stuff, but we didn't. Okay. We decided that these young guys had potential. Now, if I asked you at the beginning of this season, okay, the next two years, we win one championship. Maybe not this year, but one championship in the next two years. I haven't asked anybody who wouldn't take that. I have not asked anybody. You take that. Sure. Okay? So all this talk about, you know, going out and getting somebody and, you know, we got to win it this year. You know, we're all Warriors fans. We'd love to win it this year. But uh, what's wrong with chilling out a little bit, developing these guys like it seems like they're doing, have a solid team that we can all be proud of, getting into the playoffs, and really have a good team next year? That That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I, I don't... I hear what you're saying. I think that's the plan. Well, I mean, the devil's advocate position for him would be, what makes you think they're going to be better next year when their best players are all getting older with the exception of Poole? Um, by the way, you know what? And that's maybe we, we'll do that for the next three minutes before we take a break. 888-957-9570. All right, we talk, some big, we talk some big picture stuff with Myers. I think there's something up. I just do. You can't. It's situ- strange. The situ- it's strange enough in and of itself that the only place you then can go is, huh, something's weird. Like something's not going on. And here's the funny thing. 510, goes, uh, and I, we can play this on the other side. Uh, Bob said he's not worried about his contract. <laughs> okay. That means nothing. It doesn't mean he's going to be here or not going to be here. I mean, it. it if he maybe, was, maybe would he not, tell you publicly? Maybe he's not worried about it because he knows he's gone. But even if he was, would he tell you that publicly? No. Of course not. Or maybe, no. yeah, maybe you know, he knows he's getting one or not. I think he's also probably pretty comfortable in the fact that even if he's not here next year, it's not like his career as an NBA executive is all of a sudden over. I right. mean, he's got the best resume of anyone if he hit the market right now. No doubt. I mean, he'll he think he'd be able to pick his next job. But we don't know that he's not going to be the GM next year, the president of basketball operations. Also, I apologize, 510. Uh, Warriors did beat Houston on the road in Game 7. That's true. When they missed I was trying 30, to think, and 30 I couldn't. 30 straight threes. My bad. 27. 27, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah was was, that in, I thought that game was in It was in Houston, Oakland. 2018. When the Rockets missed 27 in a row. Or tw- yeah, 0 At for home. 27. Yeah. Did they finish 0 for? No, they, they just missed 27 in yeah. a row. They ended up like that's 8 all of it, 47. That's all it took. <laughs> 0 for 27. That's hard to do. It is hard to do. Man. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, if you want to jump into the conversation and tell you what, I'll, I'll acknowledge it. We should have talked about what I'm going to say already. But let me tell you why last night's win was huge. It's the first game that I can remember and maybe ever, where the three young players, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody, all played 
all helped, and your team won a game against a good opponent. That is, to me, by far, the biggest takeaway and the best thing of last night's game. Is their young players helped them win a game against a really good team. Like, James, and for everybody, oh, part of me wishes Goo was here. <laughs> James Wiseman just played his most effective eight minutes in, in an NBA game, and he didn't score a point. Nope. Not one point. Didn't need it. So Compa- that's Compare that's that to his 30-point performance last week. Exactly. So that is a piece of great news for the Golden State Warriors. And you start looking at the other side of the equation, Evan, it's okay. You know, in two, three weeks, Steph Curry gets back. Wiggins gets back. The young guys are showing progress. Now what do we got? Now do we got it? Now do we have a championship contender? Maybe. It's still an 82 game jigsaw puzzle yeah. you're trying to piece together, but look, right now compared to the way things started, I know they haven't done it like this recently, especially not last year with how well they began the season, but look, if if the plan the entire time was to get to the point where your young guys can help you in a game like that, like Christmas Day, right. then maybe they're on to something. No doubt about it. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, we're talking about the Golden State Warriors. You want to talk about last night's game against Memphis? We can do that. Uh, the young guys were absolutely terrific. They contributed to a win over a good team. That's more important than any number you can see in the box score as far as, uh, as, far as I'm concerned. But what about the fact that this team's got an attitude problem? Golden State Warriors have an attitude problem. they got to fix that. Don't you think, Bay Area? 888-957-9570. Remember, we're streaming live on YouTube and Twitch. Go to YouTube.com backslash 957thegame or Twitch.tv backslash 957thegame to see Steiny, Guru, and Evan. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Already no Guru. Evan Giddings, though. Producer Evan. Yeah, yeah. Guru, uh... Yeah, don't do that. I thought we'd get... Look, <laughs> it's a Christmas time, Steiny. People, they got to be expressive, all right? Got to bring some energy, some life. What do you think? I'm not doing that today. Well, I thought you're drinking a cup of life right there, a cup of Joseph. Yeah. All right. How about this? <clears throat> I don't want to start this. I kind of want to. I want to get. I want to get Warrior fans going here. Come on. Because I did five one zero. Devil's Advocate Steinmetz. What makes you think the Warriors can't be better next year when their young guys around them are improving? <laughs> them are deteriorating. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I don't think the young players can play well enough over the next two years to make up for the drop-off of the championship players. Yeah, but will they deteriorate like avocados, or will they deteriorate? Well, Clay, Clay, I'll tell you what. And I'm not, I'm not... Just take a step back now, go to basketball reference, and look at, look at Clay's pre-injury and post-injury numbers. And those are scary. Those are scary numbers. And I get it. 
Those inj- I'm not making light of those injuries. In fact, I'm, I'm acknowledging those injuries. I mean, those things, those injuries, those are brutal injuries for him. And I don't know, at what point does your age not allow you to continue to rehab positively from two devastating injuries? Well, we found out this summer that it rehab over the summer didn't involve basketball activities. Like, he was understandably worried about doing something that would jeopardize his season. But I do think that a game like last night is not a sign that he's he's back. But no, because he stunk again. Played 40 minutes, well, though. he shot the ball. He shot the ball terribly. He didn't shoot the ball well. He doesn't shoot the ball well anymore. But when he's engaged... I do think there are other things that he can add outside of just taking 25 shots well, and scoring four, 24 points. Yes and no. See, I think I think that's what made Clay great is when you say, you know, he but basically you could put an umbrella under that. You're talking about his defense. Yeah. That's how he could help you. He scored, he doesn't rebound and he doesn't really play make. Or well, last whatever. night he did Those... rebound. Last night he he did pass the ball. And last night, Desmond Bain was 2 of 13 from the floor. Okay, exactly. So, But but that doesn't mean he's going to do that every night. Again, the question no. is, how often are we going to see that? Like, 20... I, think, I think he's shown us now, this year, how often we're going to see it. We're going to see it one out of every three, four games. Against teams in which it means more but I, I I wouldn't say... I don't know. I, I wouldn't look at last night's game as a triumph of Clay Thompson. No, but you got to look for little victories when you're talking about a guy who sustained injuries that no one else in the minutes, game has sustained. Forty minutes is, I mean, it's a lot of 40 minutes. Forty minutes, dang. Erickson Milbray, what's up, Eric? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I want to talk about the the win last night and going forward. Yeah, really impressive uh, because you you could tell you know the game Memphis really wanted to blow the Warriors out. We know how much these two teams despise each other, and the crowd, especially getting fired up with Brooks uh, being there and Clay, he was just locked in. Uh, to me, the X factor and most important thing is uh, JP. He wanted so he can be the man. He's going to have an opportunity here. I think the Warriors at home have shown consistently they can beat anybody. I just want them to take this mentality on the road until Curry comes back in without Curry and Wiggins to still be able to dismantle as a top team in the West like they did there is, is a great sign here with the eight-game homestand. So I figure they're probably going to at least win six. I think seven and one Ooh. is very doable for them at Chase. But to me, the, 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 the other guy, as you guys mentioned, has got to be Clay. Um, JP, I think, he's gonna, is their best offensive player until Wiggs comes back. But if they can get at least somewhat consistent shooting from Clay and get guys like the – last night it was a guy like Ty Jerome or Kaminga – Moody, any one of those guys off the bench, I think they're going to be okay, and they can keep their head above water. The good thing about it is nobody's really pulling away in the West. True. They can be in that that lower bottom of the portion of the playoff. I still think they're good enough to make a run back to the finals. What are your thoughts on that? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. What are my thoughts on that? Let them know. 888-957-9570. I guess this would be the plan, right, If 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 you're a Warrior fan, right? This is the plan. You have a successful homestand, whatever that is. Maybe go five and two over the next seven. Yeah, um, they've, but, only, they've only lost two games at home this year. By the way, it's true. 
That is true. Um, but you have a homestand that, that, that you're feeling pretty good about. And not only that, Wiseman, sh- Wiseman showed you a little something here and there. Okay, so now you're going on the road, and you're, what, oh, about halfway through the season. Here comes Curry. All right? Well, now, ideally, you're, you're, you're a team now that nobody's seen. Because when Curry was playing on this team, the young guys were just struggling and no factor. And then with Curry off the team, maybe the young guys. So do you have Curry coming back and the young guys starting to grow enough where now you say, can we make a run? Or at that point, do you say, we'll be able to figure out what we need that might be able to push us over the top. Well, I mean, that that's what you want. I'm sorry. That's what you want. Yeah. You want Curry to come back, the young guys to get better. Early February, you look at your team and you say, we can do it with this group or not. If you can't, maybe you make the right move and give your life going into the postseason. If you think you can, you sit tight. And, and But I'm glad you brought that up, Steiny. The part about not knowing what the Warriors look like. Because as much as we talk about the magic that they captured last season, I do think that's probably a bigger piece of it than we made out to be. Like the fact that before the postseason, no one really knew what the no one knew what the Warriors looked like. Because Steph had been out and they ended up coming off the bench in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Like so they weren't really at their peak or health peak before the playoffs. Right. There's a scenario this year where Hopefully they're going to have 100% health. I think they need it if they want to capture a you know top six seed or get out of the play-in, whatever. But that doesn't mean to your point that the young guys can't come along at a pace that by the time we get to the postseason, that Kaminga could be playing big minutes. Maybe not Wiseman, but if he can do what he did last night, which is not hurt you in eight minutes off the bench, that also is valuable. And if you're also having a guy like Ty Jerome... Well, that's... And Anthony Lamb, and w- shame on me, who they have gotten an unbelievable amount of exactly from their two-way guys. I mean, usually two-way guys aren't supposed to factor in at all, but for the last two years now, we've seen maybe not, well. I know GP two is not a two-way deal, but unexpected heroes from the bench. If they can kind of cobble that back in together and get some health, like I do think this team can make a run because of what the caller also mentioned, which was the rest of the West does not look like the top of the Eastern Conference. You want me to, I'll look at it from the other side, I, which to me um, is, is a different way to look at it. 888-957-9570 is the number. Warriors, they win last night against Memphis, and that means they start their eight-game homestand 1-0. They're 16-18. I think the goal would be to get to 500 by the end of this homestand. For sure. Um, but here's the thing. I forgot to put Ty Jerome and Lamb in that group of youngsters. Let's I mean let let's put the rat on the table. I don't know if Craig can do that. Let's it's put, definitely picking up We'll oh, find out. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking. Da, 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 da. He's looking. Scott, da, da, da. Series was really there you there go. We go. Right, make sure Kerr's not didn't get hit by that thing. Um <laughs> But how about this? You could say, hey, how did the Warriors win that game last night? Well, I'll tell you how they won it. Their young players were unbelievable. Ty Jerome was unreal. Lamb makes 
his shots. Wiseman plays his best eight-minute stretch. I guess Kaminga was just so-so. But Moody was pretty good. You know, can those guys... Like, those guys aren't going to give you what they gave you last night all the time. No, no, they're not. But in a situation in the third quarter where Memphis cuts it to three and Kerr is forced to go to his bench, and then you turn a three-point lead into a 14-point lead, where Ty Jerome inexplicably goes on an 8-0 run by himself, like, yes, you can't account for him shooting 6 of 9 and Anthony Lamb going 4 for 5, but if you can get a combination of that between... Moody, Kaminga, Lamb, Jerome. I know Jermichael Green didn't play last night, so Wiseman got his minutes. But, like, sure, the bench isn't going to be that efficient, but if you can just get some of that to offset the minutes in which Curry is out or Poole is out or Green is out, then you don't need Draymond to play with the second unit as much. You don't need Wiggins to play with the second unit as much. And that can, I think, also maybe help when you're talking about deteriorating help some of those elder statesmen not deteriorate as fast over the course of this regular season. We're talking about winning the championship this year. Golden State has to go into the postseason, in my opinion, as healthy as possible. And I don't know if they can do that if they're chasing wins down the stretch of the regular season. No, that makes sense. And and how well are they going to have to play for how long to get into the playoffs? I mean, this. The, in fairness to them, maybe they go f- five and two. <clears throat> they they get out of this home stand at five hundred, and they just start gradually. Oh, now they're two games over. Now they're four games over, and it looks like oh look, they're settling into below six, but not up to two. Well, at that point, maybe you do start setting the table for the postseason by really getting conservative. And I also think more so than than ever, we also have to look at, like, who do the Warriors match up well with? What teams could give them trouble? Because if we're looking at the West, like, they have one thing that no other team has, and that is an automatic, in my opinion, psychological advantage over every opponent because of how dominant they've been. Now, you could say every team wants to knock them off, and that'll, that'll be their you know motivation, but... Denver, at the top of the West, is a beatable team. New Orleans is probably the best of the West, I think, but they they don't have much postseason experience. Memphis was supposed to be good, but they they just play too dumb for me. Hmm. I mean, they do they make like Jaron Jackson last night. Ugh. Like, how do you pick up five thousand eleven minutes? I I, I don't know. I and mean, the Warriors can take then, advantage of that, and then walk off the floor incredulous, like you can't believe they called a foul on you when you grab the guy's jersey. By the way, the refs stunk last night. On both sides. And I don't say that very often, but they were pretty terrible. Oscar's in Stockton. What's up, Oscar? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Now you told us doing this morning. It's day after Christmas. Yeah, doing well, doing well. I'm, do- I'm doing well. I had a good day, but I just want to talk about my Warriors, man. You know, the Warriors... The West is not that good. And the way Wiseman, he played pretty good last night. One thing he did that I really liked, he changed shots. And that's really what we need him to do. Rebound, change shots. But other than that, people keep on talking about the two-way players, Ty Jerome and, um, and Lane. Now, did you know Ty Jerome, national championship? Exactly. Ty Jerome know how to play. He know how to play in the system, too. 
DiVincenzo, if you know that he's a champion, he's starting to come around. And these cats that you that we anticipate not playing good, they're coming around because they learn the system. And Lamb, hey, was he getting the game? He knows his job. He coming the game. He coming shooting open threes. And the way the Warriors played last night, and they could continue to play like that with the defensive pressure and the young guys coming in getting confidence. We'll do okay. But I want to make one thing straight. When Memphis come in talking like that, Memphis haven't won anything. And when the young guys go like that, I knew our young guys was going to play hard against them cats. So I'm not even scared about Memphis or Denver. You know, because nobody at the top has even proven anything. So it's good for the Warriors to go through this right now so we can see what we got. And I'm going to tell you right now, at the end of the year, the Warriors going to be top four, and we're going to go to another NBA championship. All right. Oscar thinks so. That out of the realm of possibility. I know that. In order for that to happen, they would probably have to be, what, 50-win team? Top four? Yeah. I would think they're going to have to get. Yeah. So 34, 34 wins. Like, if we're looking at the math right now, 34 games in, you're looking they at. they got to go 34 and 14. That's 34 20 and games 14 above 500 the to rest get to of the 50. way. That's tough. To get to 50 wins, you're right. The Warriors have to go 34 and 14, and they have the next seven without Steph Curry. Well, that means if we're looking at the second timeline, those young guys have to be as good as they were last night if that is to become a reality. You know, you know the thing that stuck with me about Memphis? Here's what I think happened in Memphis last night. They, they talk, they chirp, and... They, you know, I look at the schedule and they see the Warriors on Christmas Day, and they know it's there, and they're chirping. The Warriors see that game too, and I don't care what anybody says. The Warriors were motivated last night. Oh yeah, they they don't like Memphis. They wanted to win that game. Well, Memphis is on a four game road trip, and they're playing Christmas night, their last game of the road trip before they go home. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? They they were dragging a little bit. They were thinking about getting home. And they kind of didn't want to smoke. And I usually don't say that about, about teams. But I feel like Memphis last night showed that they know that everything's got to be going right for them to, to beat the Warriors. You know what I mean? And last night... I don't know. It felt like they were at, I didn't think they had a lot of energy, the the Grizzlies. So I I just didn't, I think they, they forgot that they were not just going to get the Warriors, they were going to kind of get a wound up Warrior team. Yeah, I, I think it's, it maybe would be a little bit similar to what happened a couple weeks ago when Boston came to Chase Center. And look, I, I do think there's also something about the prime time stage yeah. that the Warriors do get up for, especially at home. I just think Memphis, they look like they embody what John Morant told Malik Andrews on ESPN last week, which was, we're not worried about the West. Like, if we're looking at teams that we're afraid of, Boston's at the top. Why would you do that? That's idiotic. Why would you do that? Well, he's 23, probably. That's why. So it would be like uh, the 49, they go up to Nick Bosa and say, hey, is there anybody you're worried about? And he goes, yeah, the Patriots. Or, yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs. Come on, man. I I don't understand... (laughs) giving bulletin board material to a team that is searching for something. Like, you can tell that Golden State is trying to find different ways to motivate themselves 
to get up for games, even within the game itself. They're looking to, you know, Draymond screaming at at a fan in the crowd, or you know, Jordan Poole jawing with a certain player on the other team. Clay Thompson standing over Dylan Brooks, like they're looking for things to be right. angry about to get the best out of themselves. And if you're Memphis, you just served it up to him on a silver platter. Yeah, exactly. Six technical fouls. Oh yeah, but the, like it was funny because I was looking at uh, looking at some stats before the show about technical fouls. Of course, the Warriors lead the league in technical fouls. Basically, won a game, and I don't even know if that includes Kerr or not. So the Warriors lead the league in technical fouls, and Evan looks up where they were last year. And they're doubling. They're more than doubling where they were last year in terms of technical fouls. Yeah, they're like middle of the league last year. It's because they're losing. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's because they're losing. Started out 18 and 2 last year. Now things aren't going their way. That's kind of what happens to every. I would think most teams are kind of like that. Yeah, and you look at. But why do the defending NBA. Oh, why do the NBA champion, I should say, I heard that argument. What, defending versus. Yeah. Oh. They're the NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Until they're not. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, to me, they're also the defending champions. Yeah, they're I, both in basketball. It's like saying RBI versus RBIs. Same thing. Yeah, I, I hate RBI. I always agree. You always put the S there. <laughs> okay. I mean, you just do. You just do. Runs batted ins. Um. Well. Uh, so where were we on the Warriors? When they, are they? They are the defending champions. They are the champions. They are. They are king of the hill. Why are they leading the league in technical fouls? Because they're pissed all the about time what? about, about getting what? their asses kicked by. They really think they're getting the screwed by the refs more than any other team. Oh, I, I, th- I think they're they're probably more angry with themselves than anyone else. Since just so happens that there's a there's a mannequin oh, in, in a zebra costume across from Actually, them that they can get mad at. You know what? Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, I get what you're saying now. You're basically just saying, you know what? This team's not really that happy right now. Well, they weren't before last night. Clearly, especially after that road trip. Now, the fact that they took a couple of games, including the Toronto one, I thought was was huh. impressive. But it's interesting. Yeah, they, it's interesting. So the war, like, so, like, okay, Draymond punches Pool, mm-hmm. sets a bad tone. Definitely, you know, Clay is the you know, Clay's trying to battle himself. Yep, uh, Curry is frustrated more than we've seen him in a decade because he's not winning, which is highly unusual when he's on the court. Played better than he did last year. Draymond's. Even worse, he's more, uh, you know, he's he's, uh, he's he's a notch below. Sure. I mean, but but what you know, he's okay. He's got his ten. Mm-hmm. Pool, pool quietly ha- is a a top five league leader in technical fouls, including Cry two baby? last night. The crybaby Jordan Bo- Jordan, uh, uh, Jordan. I think he pool? just chirps a lot. Like he just he. It's kind of weird because if you ever. You know, see him in, in media scenarios or whenever he's talking. Yeah. He's very quiet. Yeah, definitely. But he saves all of his talking for the court. He talks to everyone, including himself. But, no, I, I do think that that's a situation where I do think the Warriors, whether you want to call it frustration, whatever, like, through through their two games below five hundred start, have impressed a lot of their uh, shortcomings or deficiencies on other people because... Look, when when you're at the top, you just said it. They're they're the champions, and you're not playing like champions. That's right. going to breed frustration because you don't know why you can't summon that championship level of play. That's yeah, a good point. It's a good point. Let me. You know, everybody's got an agenda. Everybody wants to kind of push their own narrative. I 
I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you think this guy? What do you think? What do you think this guy's up to on the text line from the five one zero? What what what's, what do you think he's after here? I'm going to read this text. What, what do you think his bottom line? What do, you, what do you think he's really trying to get at? Draymond Green did not punch Jordan Poole. He forcibly struck Poole. That's way different. What now? What what do you think he's getting at? I personally think the Xfinity Mobile text line is trying to have some fun with you. Oh, okay. Because forcibly struck was the initial phrase used oh, by Sham Sharania when Draymond sucker punched. I'll say Jordan Poole. Gotcha. Okay. That's a punch in any league. Eight eight eight. Chopped him to the ground. Exactly. Buckled. He. Uh, uh, we got to. Like I wasn't on last week either, so we got to talk a little bit about Correa at some point. Oh yeah. And uh, we'll get back to the Niners for sure. How about my Vikings? Our you... Vikings. Now you're a Charger fan. Well, yeah, but you're a, you're an Eagles fan. But 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 you when claim they win. They're winning right now more yeah, than anyone else. Week. That's tough. Yeah, yeah Guru is very happy about that, I'm sure. You hate to see it. Uh, no, but it's funny. Yeah, 49 you do not want to go into mini. You do not want to go in to the House of Magic in the <laughs> postseason. It is a place of magic. It doesn't matter if you're better than the Vikings. They win at home because they're lucky. They're 11-0 in one-score games. Of course they are. But you know what? Kirk Cousins, keep ripping the guy. He's not going to be ashamed. He's no Brock Purdy. Why can't you just give Kirk Cousins credit? Why, why would I do that? A lot of credit. Well, because he's, he's, he's not even Jimmy Garoppolo. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. He's not even close. All right, 888-957-9570. Four uh, Niner fans, you a little worried? A little worried about those Vikings? Those Vikings, they can beat you 13-10. They can beat you 43-40. Uh, all right, when we come back, we can talk Kirk Cousins. We can talk about the best receiver in the NFL, too, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. It's all sponsored by the Department of Healthcare Services.